This podcast is shareable. I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say this either is or will become your favorite podcast. This is shareable. The show that's so good, you got to tell someone about it. Every episode, we explore the impact of people and technology on our lives and careers, and we send you away with something shareable. Now, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to Shareable. Today's guest is Jane Wilson, who is an expert at helping women to feel strong, empowered, and confident. Uh, she is the founder of Pole Fit Nation, which is a pole dancing for fitness company and the creator of the Reclaim Your Spark podcast. She's a two-time Canadian Masters Pole Fitness champion and a two-time nominee for the Oakville Chamber of Commerce Entrepreneur of the Year in 2011 and 2017. She has also been featured in Canadian Living. She's a phenomenal guest, really fun to talk to. Her story is inspiring and exciting and takes unexpected twists, twists and turns. We talk a little bit about Instagram and the impact of social media on her business and just all around have a great conversation that I think is pretty shareable. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Shareable. Today, I have a guest, Jane Wilson. Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Perfect. So just to get start off, tell me, who are you and what are you most passionate about? Well, I am obsessed with helping women feel strong, confident, and inspired in life because I know what it's like to not feel that way. And for the past 12 years, I have been using pole dancing for fitness as a way to help women to feel strong and confident. Uh, about 12 years ago, I was an early childhood educator. Uh, I was home with my children on a leave of absence, and I just wasn't feeling very good about myself, wasn't feeling very happy. And a friend suggested to me, why don't you take a pole dancing lesson? And my response was, you know, good mamas don't do the pole. <laughs> and it was on a dare that, that, she, that she pushed me to do it. You know, come on and, and go, have, go have some fun, try it out. And I literally went in there ready to prove that I was correct that I was right, that pole dancing was totally against feminism and, and objectification of women. And I ended up liking the class, which was, showed me a lot about my own personal judge, my judgments and, and, crit, and criticisms. And then I started taking class after class after class and started to feel biceps I've never had before, discovering curves that I didn't even know were there. And one day my husband said to me, you love this so much. This is something that you love, enjoy. You won't stop talking about this. You have all the signs and symptoms of being an entrepreneur. And that's how Pole Fit Nation was born. And I never went back. I never went back to being an early childhood educator. I never went back to being an employee. I opened up my studio in 2008. And since then, I've taught over 11,000 people how to get strong, fit, and confident through pole dancing. Oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, any chance for an early childhood pole dancing class? Part of me. Any any chance for an early, just blend the, the two? Just blend the two. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a market there, maybe untapped, Blue Ocean. 
<laughs> well, you know what happened once? I was teaching a ladies' night out n- night out event, and they were from my old employment where I used to work, and they didn't know I used to work there. And um, somebody had said, "Hey, did you hear about? Did you hear about the gal who quit working for us and became a stripper?" And it was in that moment I was like, "Oh my God, they're talking about me!" Oh my God! <laughs> so yes, <laughs> it's been an interesting journey for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd imagine that part of your passion for empowering women, helping them to feel good about themselves and feel stronger and sexier and all of those different things, it comes a lot from your own personal journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's deeply personal too. It is. And it, and it became a mission. So prior to taking a pole dancing class, um, I was very overweight, like over 40 pounds. And I had thought that that was the way I was supposed to be. My mother was overweight. My friends around me was was overweight. And I also was extremely unhappy and angry, but didn't realize it because it was just seems to be the way of life. And I was and I thought I was old. I was 30. And I thought (laughs) I was old. (laughs) And now here I'm at 40, how am I 44 now? And I'm like, oh my God, girl, you were just getting started. That's awesome. All right. Well, a couple more getting to know you questions. Mm -hmm. If you had to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 with your technology usage, how fluent would you say you are in technology? 10 being like, you can basically jack yourself directly into the internet and and (laughs) do whatever you need to do. And one being that, you know, you have a hard time uh, finding the pound key on your phone. Okay. I would say, I would say I'm around, I would, I would, I would rate myself an eight. I'm going to rate myself an eight and own it. And the reason why is I've been on the internet before there was an internet. So I was that little girl climbing down the stairs to her brother's room, playing on his Atari 600 XL, um, putting together the, you know, the printer, the dot matrix printer, and then going on the bulletin board system that, you know, going onto your modem to go into the BBS. And if mom picks up the phone, it's like, get off the phone. So I've been on the internet before the internet was born. So I have the brain to understand technology. I really enjoy it. Yeah, we're uh, you and I are, are similar in age, and I call us the bridge generation because we are able to uh, use technology fluently because we grew up in the era of Prodigy and AOL and the really early starts of this, but not the too early like punch card stuff. No, <laughs> uh, but, but, but the the kind of popularization commercialization of technology. Right. We grew up in that era, so we're. We've had it our whole lives, but at the same time, we're on the older edge of it. And that gives us the ability to talk to baby boomers and people that are older than us and at the same time be able to connect with people that are younger than us. I think that we were lucky to be born when we were. Oh my gosh, I believe it so. I, I totally believe it. And I remember being a little bit like, because I was a total nerd growing up and typing in um, how, like, when you had to type in your own basic language and everything. Um, I remember doing that and people around me thinking that I was weird. And looking back, I was like, I was ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you were, you were kind of an early adopter back in the day. Would you, are you still kind of an early adopter? Are you kind of a little bit slower to pick things up now? Are you, are you still that same kind of voracious appetite for figuring it out? I love, I love figuring it out. I love exploring it and figuring it out. I'm a little bit more choosy though because of how much time I have. So I'm more, I will look at what's out there and, and decide that grabs my interest. I'm going to dive into that. Or something I look at that and go, no, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. So early adopter, yes, but it depends on, on my mood in a way and my time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a hundred percent the same way. I was for a while, like an aggressive early adopter. And mm-hmm. I've, I've started to just be a little bit more discerning about where I focus that kind of like, 
you know, excitable energy towards picking things up. Cause sometimes you have to say, you know what, that's probably not going to catch on. And it's not worth the time. And I have a lot of stuff to do. Exactly. That's exactly how it is. Like I got a lot on my plate and there's only so much time in the day. Correct. Yeah. It makes sense. So the premise of this show shareable mm-hmm. is that people are impacted by two forces. All of us, every human being on the planet is, is impacted in some way by two forces, people and technology. Mm-hmm. And those two forces have a dramatic impact on our lives and our careers, the choices that we make and the things that we do. So with that in mind, could you do me a favor and just think for a moment about someone that changed your life and what it is that they did? You mentioned one story already, which is about your husband saying, it sounds like you're an entrepreneur and it put you on that path mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to do the pole dancing uh, as a business. And then also that friend who kind of pushed you into it. Um, we can go down either of those paths if you want, or you can give me somebody else entirely. But I'm curious how Jane, how you became you how you made the choices that you made by way of someone's influence. I'm going to go. So usually people will say, you know, it's a, it's a family member or someone they love or someone very close to me. I'm choosing somebody who doesn't even know I exist, who actually passed away in, in the sixties and very, it could be obscure. People may not even know who, who this person is. Um, if you were an eighties baby, um, you may know who, who this person is. Uh, I, love and adore and have so much to thank for a woman named Gracie Allen. Now, Gracie Allen is the wife of George Burns. George Burns was a comedian and they had a comedian team called Burns and Allen. They started on vaudeville, then went into radio. So they were early adopters of technology. They also knew that vaudeville was starting to die out. So let's go hit onto radio. And they were this comedic team. And I fell in love with Gracie Allen when I was 14 years old, when I was becoming, I was joining, um, <laughs> I was a, a clown, part of a magician's act called Everything's Fantastic. And I was a children's entertainer. And on the weekends, I would be doing birthday parties. And I discovered that my character, Bozy the Clown, needed to have a personality. And that brought me to Gracie Allen, because Gracie Allen had this wonderful way of logic and illogic. So she wasn't, she, um, she was smart and believed she was smart, but the whole world would think she was crazy because she just had a different way of looking at the world. So Gracie Allen from 14 years old has been someone who has shaped my life. And because of technology now, back when I was 14, I had to you know, I had to search for recordings of their, their vaudeville and recordings of the radio. And I had to pay a lot of money to get the cassette tapes. It was, it was really difficult to find their work. Now, because of technology and YouTube, you can just go right onto YouTube. And she's, everything that she's ever created is on there. Her vaudeville routines, radio shows. So thank goodness that that is there now. So I still listen to it to this day. Every day I'll listen to one of the radio shows. That's really awesome. Um, I was actually, I can't remember where I was listening. It was a podcast I was listening to recently. It might've been the Joe Rogan podcast, but they were talking about how, you know, you go into writing or, um, you know, making media, doing something because you want to leave behind some sort of a legacy, an idea that will spread and populate. And then if you look at all of the different forms of media that have transitioned from one form to another, you go from analog to digital and then, you know, from digital to online and, and all of those different sort of um, um, transitions between different media types, things get left behind. And it's interesting to think that uh, you create content and media with the desire to kind of live on, but that as technology presses on, sometimes you get left in the past. So it's interesting to hear 
that uh, Gracie Allen is is all over YouTube and you have access to it. But I've been thinking about a lot of movies that I enjoyed in the 80s. Ah, and 80s. Yes. Like, where do you even get them anymore? Unless you have a VHS tape and you convert it, mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. lost. So it's kind of interesting to think about that. Well, and and so Gracie Allen, so she was on vaudeville in the 20s and her radio show was in 1930s. And I know that some people are pro- like out there like, who the heck is this human being? Um, but because of technology, like I can... I can go back and check out her work. So they were creating content way, way back. And they like now we're all talking about content creation. Well, they were they were doing it and didn't even realize how important it was. So it just kind of blows my mind on on what life was like back then and what they're creating and how it does live on. So talk to me a little bit about I so I'm getting that um technology making these sort of resources available to you is obviously very important. I want to dig in a little bit deeper on this Gracie Allen uh, connection for you and how that has impacted because, you know, at a glance you think, okay, well, Jane, you, you have uh, uh, pole fitness, correct? Is, yes. the, is the name of it? So pole fitness, you used to be an early educator. How does this fit in? So you mentioned this person out of all of the people that you could have picked as an influence in your life. Talk to me a little bit more about how it shaped your life and how your life might have gone a different direction had you not discovered this. I, uh, I, I realized recently that I'm a performer. I've been a performer my whole entire life. So starting in dance and then becoming you know, part of this magician's act and then becoming an early childhood educator. I've always been a performer. So, and then also like owning a pole dancing studio, like that's a form of performance. I've been performing on stage in burlesque shows and competing in competitions. So the, the tie has always been performance. And with Gracie Allen, like she was my very first, very first um, role model of how to be a performer and how to live a performer's life. I love that. That's a great answer. That's a really great answer. So you've been able to now incorporate that. You do a lot of public speaking uh, now and and you talk about issues in women's empowerment and you use your personal story and the work that you're doing to kind of define all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. That brings it together. I want to go back one step before that because to be able to be invited to get on stages and to be able to perform, you have to be known. So mm-hmm. you have to be known, liked, and trusted to be able to sell people anything. And in order to get on a stage and get paid to be on those stages, you have to be known. So if you just owned a pole dancing studio, that wouldn't be quite enough. That, mm-hmm. you know, that might expose you to a lot of people if you have a very popular studio, but you've done some things to amplify your brand using the internet and using word of mouth. What are some of the things that you've been able to do to help go from what some people might view as a local business to Mm -hmm. making yourself into more of a known entity? Well, so the studio is this little studio in Oakville, Ontario. It's on a corner, corner little building, but it became bigger than just that little location. I ended up taking that studio and bringing it online through an online academy. And so I was doing video tutorials and um, how to like video tutorials. And I used Facebook and, and Instagram to bring attention to it. So using that technology to draw attention to this little studio in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. So I ended up reaching people in Australia, reaching people in the UK, reaching people in the United States. And that was my first indication that the world is a lot bigger. And using um, like doing tutorial videos, 
And also just showing my personality, sharing my story, talking about my, um, my struggles and my triumphs, and just being open and transparent. And that drew people to me. I became somebody who was very relatable. And um, they're like, oh, I like her. I want to cheer her on. She's got the same struggles that I do. And look at well, how well she's doing. So it's, that's, I'm very open and honest when I am using internet, using um, Instagram, and always looking at it for a way to connect with people. I love that. There's something in there that I think you can probably give to our audience um, that it'll be really valuable for them. So a lot of our audience have probably at some point thought, maybe I'll just put together some tutorial videos, or maybe I'll just put myself out there on video and show off my personality, or maybe I'll um, you know, start showing people the work that I do and documenting and all of these different things. And then inevitably, there comes this fear that just swallows them up whole. The video is not going to be good enough. My content isn't unique. My voice is... I don't like my voice, right? I don't like the way that I say things. Any number of different reasons that stop people from taking that step. I'm curious. You're somebody who works to empower people. Mm-hmm. Can you help us maybe empower our audience so that they understand that their voice does need to be heard and that there are steps that they can take so that they feel comfortable going out there and actually hitting the publish button? It came to a realization the other day that we are all figuring it out as we're going along that nobody nobody truly knows what they're doing, but they're going out there and trying and putting themselves out there and learning as they are going. When I realized that, it opened me up to practice, to play, to have some fun. And if I, if I, you know, quote, fail, at least I tried, at least I went out there. And that, that totally took the pressure off of me, knowing that we're all trying to figure it out. Um, also that was also helping me is knowing that there is somebody out there who's probably going through exactly what you are going through right now. And you are maybe just a few steps ahead of them. So you can reach back and say, Hey, I've been exactly where you are. I've been through it. Let me show you what I've done to get past it and get onto the other side. So you are probably just a few steps ahead and you can help that person who's in that struggle that you were once in. I love that. And one of the things I often say to people is to the third grader, the fourth grader is an expert. And it allows you some freedom to say, you know, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I just have to be useful and helpful to the person who's coming up right behind me. I don't have to have all of the answers. I just have have to have some of the answers that somebody else doesn't have. And I, I always find that empowering because you know, I comment on a lot of different subjects that there is an overwhelming saturation of people talking about leadership, social media, content marketing, influencer marketing, uh, you know, company culture. There are there is no shortage of people that are talking about digital marketing and you know, uh, company culture and leadership. So mm-hmm. I often get this paralysis where I'll see, oh, got it. It's all been said before. It's all been done before. Everybody's saying the same things over and over. And then I realize, well. Maybe they haven't heard it the way that I present it. Maybe, exactly. You know what I mean? So I think that it gives you some freedom when you're in that, uh, when you have that kind of a mindset. So I really appreciate that, that you're echoing a similar kind of sentiment of like, just do what you do. Think about the you person who help. Exactly. I, I give you some insight into, into the pole dancing community. Uh, I am not the greatest pole dancer alive. I am not the most flexible person. I can, I can just get into my splits. Um, I do not have a flexible back. I am, I'm strong, but I'm not insanely strong. I 
work hard on what I do. Yet, I have won two pole competitions. So I'm not the greatest pole dancer, but I have worked hard to get that way. Now, if I got stuck in the, I have to be the best, I have to be the greatest expert, I would never put myself out on the stage. But just knowing that I'm doing my best, I can practice, I can rehearse, I can just put my heart on the stage and someone's going to love it. That's helped me get over the imposter syndrome. I love it. And, and I pulled out a quote from your website that I think wraps up this point really nicely, which is, uh, this was about self-esteem and embracing not only who you want to be, but who you are right now. And I think that is a really poignant statement that we should all take to heart because it's so often, especially if you're an entrepreneur, that you're always looking at the next thing. You're always trying to figure out where you're going next. And it's very difficult to be satisfied with where you are. But if you stop, take a moment and actually consider it and try to embrace where you are right now, that, that's really one of the milestones to, to building strong self-esteem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, talk to me about um, something that you wish you learned earlier in your career, a big lesson, something that was an aha for you that when you discovered it, it shifted the course of your life and career forever. I wish that I learned. So I always look at myself in two different, I don't want to sound like I'm schizophrenic or anyway, but I look at myself before poll and after poll. Because before Paul, the, the Jane Wilson, when she was in her 20s, um, up to her, her early 30s, I was stuck in um, this state of being angry with myself. And why doesn't my life get better? And why can't I just get, get further ahead? I really wish that I, if I can go back in time, I could say to myself, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just put everything aside. Enjoy the ride. Allow yourself to learn and also stop looking at other people's lives. I was stuck in Comparisonville. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a big one. Oh, yeah. The comparison is a thief. So you live your life and you, can, you can't compare the interior of your life with the exterior of somebody else. I, I absolutely love that advice. I think that that is something that everybody should take to heart, especially as we live in this day of social media where everybody's manicured life is <laughs> uploaded and shoved into your face every single day. And filtered. Uh, yeah. Put it through the Visco app. <laughs> oh my God. I don't use Visco. What is that? Oh, it's, a, it's okay. So when you take a photo, okay, this is my Instagram life coming out. Um, you take a photograph and it's on your phone. It's a little app, um, Visco. It's a V-S-C-O. Okay. It's just a photo editing, so you can lighten and brighten and um, do all that lovely filteredness to it. Oh, cool. I use uh, Snapseed by Google. It's uh, okay. another app that does similar things, but it's, it's a really cool app. And you were like, uh, it's, it's funny because I, we talk about comparison, Bill, and here I'm like, and then you put your life through an app <laughs> to make it all pretty. <laughs> <laughs> comparison is, is the thief of joy, but you should totally use this app because it really makes you look good. <laughs> exactly. That's really cool. Um, what would you say thus far in, in your career uh, after poll has been okay. the most rewarding parts for you? What has been the most rewarding parts for me? Is it the personal side of it of what you get out of pole dancing? Is it the working with other people? Is it the lift it's given to your career? What's the thing that if you were to look back on the legacy of your life and the, the, the post poll uh, uh, version of yourself, what's the thing that you look back and you're like, wow. I'm really glad that I did that because I got to make this impact in this way or another. I will share a personal story. So I, um, 
I competed in an event in 2016. It was a Canadian Pole Fitness Championship. It was a master's division and I won. And I won my division. And a lot of people have said to me, you should stop now. And this, because you're at the height, it's time to stop. And I decided, no, I'm going to keep on going. So I entered another pole competition in, North, in, in the States in, around, um, called North American Pole Dance Championships. And right before it, my father passed away. And it was devastating for me. And I went into this competition completely untrained. And I will be totally honest with you, I was drinking heavily. I wasn't drinking at the comp, but I was le- drinking leading up to the comp. And so, so I totally bombed on stage. It was the worst competition. So that was 2017. And I then decided to stop. That was my quit. I'm going to quit because now I am terrible. And it was the, the impression that people had is, is that, that Jane no longer has it. You know, it was just a really tough, tough way to exit the pole competition world. When I started to feel better, when I started to heal, I decided I was going to give it another chance. So I stopped drinking and I stopped like overeating and I put myself through training and came back in 2018 for the Canadian Pole Fitness Championships Master's Division again and felt really good, really strong, felt better, like back to my old self. And unfortunately, in that world, everybody gets ahead of you. So I had to put the blinders on and say, only do what you can at this time in your life. I knew it was going to be my last pole competition because I was feeling a lot of some, some pains and some injuries. So I asked my children to come and see. My boys are 17 and 14 and my husband was there. And I invited my studio out to come and watch this competition because most likely it would be my last. And I ended up having the greatest performance of my life. Everything was flawless didn't make any mistakes. I got every single move correct and perfect. I never have had a perfect performance up to that point in my whole entire life. Even going back to when I was a dancer and a a magician's assistant, I had the greatest performance of my career, of my life, and I walked away winning that division. So I learned that yes, you can go high. Yes, you can get knocked down. And yes, you can get back on your feet and keep flying. I love it. Your story is phenomenal. It's inspiring. It's unique by, by every measure. <laughs> um, you are a really fascinating guest. And I have this section of the show that I call shareable. So I want to pick your brain for a bunch of different questions that I ask sure. all my guests. And uh, these are just things that I think everybody can benefit from that's listening to this show. So you ready for me? Okay, yes. Here we go. There's a rapid fire. So here we go. One, what is one book that every person should read? To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. What's your favorite podcast? Oh, okay. Um, I really do enjoy Joel Osteen's podcast. He is um, a minister. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What is one application, mobile or desktop, any sort of an application or, or utility could be on the web that everybody should go and download or use? Oh, Instagram. Okay. What is the most important skill of the future? Oh, to be able to adapt and change and not be pissed off about having to adapt and change. Awesome. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, I have it now. I'm, I'm badass on the pole. I can hold myself <laughs> on the side. I can flip upside down. I can soar through the air, but I can't be invisible. So you would choose invisibility. You know, I, could, I would choose invisibility and be able to walk through walls. That would be kind of cool. 
Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is the big one. So you can take a moment to think about it if you want, but this is the big one. What's one thing that everybody listening to this episode should go and do today? That's the important part is it has to be something they can go and do today. Okay. Um, go to Amazon and check out the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I hope I got her name correct. This right now is transforming my life. So it helps you get through um, creative blocks and to start flowing again. So if you feel that you are down and depressed and struggling and stuck, go and get that book. It is, I started it two weeks ago. It's a 12-week program and it is totally changing how I am feeling creativity. Creativity, that's a long word. That's a tough word. Creative, yep. It is really life changing. It was it was written in the nineties. It is I think it's twenty fifth edition, and it was like on the bestseller. And she self published it. It was a self published book back in the nineties. That's definitely check out that book. Very cool, awesome. So uh, now's your chance. Tell people where they can go and be social with you, where they can learn more about what you're working on, where they can watch your videos, they can sign up for courses, where they can see you speak. Now is your show. Tell people where they can go and be social. I tend to play on Instagram. That's where I love hanging out is on Instagram. So you can find me other, under the Jane Wilson. You can also check me out under Pole Fit Nation. So the Jane Wilson or Pole Fit Nation. My website um, is janewilson.com. Also, there's also polefitnation.com. Those are the, the areas where you can best connect with me. Um, there's always email jane at janewilson.com or info at pullfitnation.com. But if you really want to connect and have fun and get to know me, check me out on Instagram. That's my, my place where I play. Perfect. Well, we will put every single one of those links into the show notes so people can easily go and click on it because if you might be you know, doing your laundry right now or in the car or wherever you might be, we don't want to make you stop and have to write all that stuff down. So it will be in the show notes at sharablepodcast.com uh, and just go right to Jane Wilson's episode. And I totally forgot something. I can't believe it. Um, I have a podcast as well. Reclaim Your Spark is also my podcast. Love that name. That is fantastic. Thank you. All right. Very cool. Well, Jane, you've been a phenomenal guest. I think uh, this whole episode had tons of uh, really interesting information and great stories for people. So I guess if I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say it's shareable. Wait, the show's not over yet. I have some important announcements. If you made it this far, you're clearly a dedicated fan or you're in the middle of vacuuming and just haven't hit stop on your podcasting app. Whatever the case, we want to thank you. We're not just music to your ears, we're music to your inbox. If you subscribe to our email list at sharablepodcast.com slash subscribe, not only will you get access to our private Facebook group, you'll also get all of our blog posts, newsletters, special announcements, and more. You won't find any of that in your podcast feed. You can follow the show at shareable underscore pod on Twitter and just shareable podcast on everything else. You can find Jeff online at jeffgibber.com and you can connect with me on Twitter at Caroline Sohn because I don't have a website yet. So go ahead, call us, leave a message, subscribe to our list, leave a rating, review us on iTunes, tell a friend, tell your mom. If she's like my mom, she'll love it. And now for the thank you portion to all the folks that make this podcast possible. Shout out to DJ Quads for the use of our theme song, Always, and Ahimitsu for the use of our outro song, Adventures. And a big thank you to Ray Bueno for all of that sexy production value. 